0: Bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com.
1: Hello and welcome to the Weird Things podcast. I'm Andrew May, joined by Brian Brushwood. Hello, Justin Robert Young. Hey, friends, it's me. And, uh, Oh, well, Bryce isn't see. here.
0: No, he's not. Gone uh, uh, on his sabbatical yet again. I actually saw him on on Friday, and uh, uh, we were doing a call in show on on Twitch, and and somebody called in and, and was like, "Bryce, I'll bet you that you know I know that you're a workaholic, and and uh, uh, you're watching all these shows like weird things, and you're thinking, man, I I I should be there." And and Bryce hit him with a very swift uh no I'm, I'm enjoying my i'm enjoying my time off so we are well, we are very happy that he is uh, uh resting and recharging and he'll be back in a few weeks.
1: meanwhile we're happy to have mr cory cranfield here Yourself. so yay. yay me in your face real uh, men whoever. don't leave in, uh, us <laughs> in our faces <laughs> uh yes gentlemen uh we had some exciting uh an event over the weekend, that was the splashdown of the NASA crew uh, mission, which was actually, this was the return. Remember, we had two missions this year where we saw astronauts on board SpaceX spacecraft to go to the National Space Station. The first one was actually a SpaceX mission with NASA astronauts on it. The second one was actually the one that NASA, basically the NASA mission. So this was the first NASA, I think, technically like NASA mission that came back. And it was the first splashdown at night since 1968.
2: Wow. Wait, uh, full stop for the world or, or for NASA?
1: Uh, for NASA. And I think we're the only ones that have been landing people in water. So it would be both cases. Wow. Wow. How does that everybody else?
2: Nobody else trucks them in the water? No, no, no. Everyone, everyone no. else just has them hit the ground very hard in Kazakhstan. <laughs> like it's really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh what? yeah, yeah the, uh, oh, for real. Yeah, for reals. For, yeah, reals. for real. Everybody, yeah, yeah. everybody, just just wow. braces for impact. And then why do has why a do we have landing? the
0: monopoly on that? That seems like just a smart idea. And <laughs> on, and water is free.
2: That's God's water. Well, I mean, well, uh,
1: yeah. It's it's debatable over which is the better procedure, and you know the Russians have been using it for years. They've been doing that. Of course, they also would give their cosmonauts guns to use because of wolves in case they landed in some part they couldn't get too quickly. And that's I I, I
2: yeah, think that, I think I think we should give. I mean, look, uh, uh, just because nobody's seen a sea wolf doesn't mean they don't exist. So I'm <laughs> I'm just saying maybe we need more guns on our missions. They're called sharks, Brian. Ah, oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. We should the give them a blunderbuss
0: so they can defend what? themselves against the pirates. The,
1: but the Boeing Starliner, though, when that finally goes, that will land on land, and that will be the first time that we've been using the Americans will have used a capsule that returns to land.
2: Uh, well, I, I, we're not counting the shuttle. I, or I guess a capsule, I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I see, yeah.
0: And so, yeah. what what what's the difference with the Starliner? Like, uh, uh, is that going to land easier than than other things, or does it have like a, a cushion bottom? Where, where
2: where's the part where America's better than the ruskies That's what we well, want to hear.
0: Different, yeah. How are we doing the Bartman differently?
1: differently? Uh, we had chosen. We started doing water splashdowns. I think in part because. The available sort of area in which we could be doing return trajectories, particularly from let's say like the moon, I think that increased kind of a wider availability, so we became experts at figuring out how to land in water, yeah, uh, when you're coming back down from the international Space Station, I think there's sort of a, a narrow sort of area in which you can you could return pretty close to Florida, but I think from like a lunar thing, I think that that may have been part of the issue. Uh, I could be totally mistaken on that, but I think we just decided it was it gave us a lot more area
0: huh uh, uh and so this mission. That, that we uh, were just talking about, the first time that we've splashed down since 68, uh, 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 but but you said this was solely NASA? This wasn't SpaceX at all?
1: Well, this first time was splashed down at night.
0: At night, sorry, sorry, at night, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, maybe uh, maybe they figured out that night was uh, a time when fewer Trump flags would show up to drive circles around the spacecraft as soon as it hit the water.
1: Uh, it's... You know, having a lot of Florida boaters there certainly was. You know, it was a bit uh, of a circus. (laughs) Well, and I I, on all parties. I mean, I I, on all parts involved because it was one of the things too where the first time we've splashed down an American craft like in like our lifetime out at sea. When you have boat ownership during this thing called the pandemic through the roof,
0: yeah. (laughs) And so,
1: (laughs) what are you gonna do with that boat? Yeah, driving around
0: the, the the returning spacecraft. Uh, uh, so so uh, th- this last one, uh, uh, it, it was you said solely NASA, not SpaceX
1: involved at all. No, it was SpaceX, but basically the idea was like the NASA, the official NASA mission. The first one was a test gotcha, mission. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And this, okay. so this was the the like this is the real deal.
0: The official Although- NASA uh, 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 mission.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's mm.
0: it's a fascinating uh, place that SpaceX has kind of ingratiated itself as as the like. You know if not premier, then certainly the the most buzzy nasa uh you know uh, company that it's working with
1: it's a third party affiliate well uh we we've had uh, you know we, we talked about before that the the lawsuits that came in place from first it was uh dynetics and then blue origin, or blue origin then dynetics because of the nasa had selected spacex to be the uh provide landing on the moon services to the Artemis program, and the uh, the other two bidders on that were upset, so they both filed complaints, and so NASA has put a temporary hold on that contract.
0: Oh, really? I I I had heard mm-hmm. of the lawsuits, but I had not heard of the NASA movement on it. Uh, uh, this seems a bit odd because, it, it, by all uh, vectors, SpaceX had a hilariously lower priced uh, bid,
1: right? So, I mean, they're not lawsuits. These are right now formal complaints. Yeah. So these are just complaints saying, oh, we 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 want this reconsidered, et cetera. So there's a lot at stake here for these companies because they've spent a considerable amount of money in the hopes of trying to get these contracts. And then all of a sudden, they NASA's like, hey, we only got $3 billion to spend, so we're going to spend it on SpaceX. Which you go, well, that makes the most sense. Their argument is like, no, you should get more money. And meanwhile, you should provide development contracts to us. So it's this really, really sketchy sort of uh, contracting thing, which one of the things that drives me nuts, because NASA will do developmental contracts to say, okay, we'll, put, we'll give you 30, like they did, this started with funding to all these companies to develop bids, and they came in with their bids, and now they're kind of like, well, you know, if you don't have the money to pay for a second provider or do this or whatever, instead of choosing anybody, you should just, you know, provide developmental money until, and this is what's been the the pattern for the last 40 years from NASA, and why it's spends so much money and does anything to show for it so often. You look at how much money we've actually spent on manned spaceflight and it's, you know, without being able to see a single the amount of money spent on manned spaceflight, not including what we've been paying for, like, you know, trips on board the Soyuz since the 80s is probably 30, 40, 50, 40 billion dollars or more. And not seeing, putting a single person in space, and then here we have these companies like, well, you know, maybe maybe some money to help us, you know, you know, because you know, Dynetics is, you know, they're owned by Lados Company, which is a big defense contractor, which only makes twenty billion dollars a year, and <laughs> you know, Blue Origin, as you know, it's owned by you know just this retired bookseller, so yeah, they need help.
0: A, a real, a real a, a, a artisanal rocket company.
1: Well, and and so yes. um, uh, when, when when you couch it as
2: a complaint, which is actually what it is. I mean, they're they're complaining. Um, then yeah, it sounds cheap, but it's like if I think of it as a pitch, and the most generous kind of steel man argument I could think of is the pitch is, hey NASA, you have a chance to um not go right back to your habit of only having one supplier for spacecraft. And maybe right now is a good time for you to invest in making sure that you have many people to choose from. So, so it's like in terms of a pitch, I get it, but well, but I think, unfortunately, the, the,
0: the, the way it was described to me, and I, we did a great interview uh, with Anthony, Anthony Colangelo from the Main Engine Cutoff podcast on uh, PX3 a couple weeks ago, but he spelled it out that people were in general expecting NASA to take two bids because they traditionally take more than one bid for for things like this, but. NASA does not have the kind of money that they would need to take multiple bids right now. And what some were expecting, and I think Dianetics and and, uh, uh, Blue Origin were expecting, is that even without having the money, they would still find a way to take multiple bids. Uh, And NASA didn't. They actually worked within their budget uh, uh, and said, hey, this is what makes sense. We have faith in SpaceX. They are are they fit the the mold? We're actually going to do what we normally do and pay for the thing that we have enough money to pay for, and that's where these other companies were like, like, whoa, 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 like we didn't realize only picking one thing was was even on the menu. Like we we always assumed that there would be two uh uh uh, two two of these pitches selected. So I don't know, man. That if anything. Going back to the same old song kind of sounds like what they are, are going to be forced to do now if they indeed just wind up going back to the federal government and saying, I don't know. We were gonna work within the money that was allocated for us, but these other companies are very upset with us. So well, we're and gonna
2: need more money. If 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 we're just game theorying our way through this, then I can see. That it makes sense for them to fold their arms and say, "Oh, I guess you don't want multiple American providers of service to space. Mm, that's that's on you. You guys are real jerk faces. And uh, unless you want to change your mind, right now, right now."
0: Right I mean, because by the way, uh, uh, Blue Origin is is working with the United Launch Alliance. That was part of their. Uh, uh, well, they they have a
1: thing called the National Team. The National Team. Which does which, which include... included like another number of other companies.
0: Got gotcha. you. I mean, but yeah, we're 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 looking at uh, a lot of underdogs
2: here that, that desperately need this cash. <laughs> a lot of multi-billion-dollar underdogs. Oh, so, poor guys.
1: Yeah, the that I think Brian your assessment there too is right. Like the idea is like let's get them to uh, oh well you know go back to Congress get more money, and that's always been a historic problem, particularly because right now Congress is getting the SLS program is getting so much more criticism now and NASA asking for way more money to do a thing uh, is I think it's bad timing for genetics and for uh, blue origin, because I think that there's more attention now than before on how this money is spent. You can only take rah, rah space. Why do you hate space? We need to spend more on space too far before people are like, let's add up how much we spent on things that never launched and went anywhere. And let's look at the best thing, the best value for a dollar. And if you read through the NASA report on why they selected SpaceX, I think they were kind of prepared for this because they made – they criticized, for instance, the Dynetics proposal saying that as it was, it would require negative mass to work. Oh. Um, <laughs> Whoops. Which
2: uh, – yeah, yeah. like uh, real quick, uh, uh, we fill it with – helium and then we ignite the helium no just helium and a very thin shell and it floats right on up you know, all the way to space but if you
1: have a way to ignite helium we will listen to you though um <laughs> but i i, so I, I, I will
0: say that negative mass and ignite helium sound like drum and bass albums that i found in my friend's car in 1980.
1: <laughs> so that was there was and their their defense is like well no because nasa had asked for some changes and we changed this but this is we can figure that out and it's like well you know you had this proposal and maybe and there were, there are some instances where there were like some mistakes like in the national team proposal too like because they had asked for money up front like we would need this money there da 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 and then they're like oh no no that wasn't and sort of nasa's like we asked for your best bid like well you you know you went to spacex and You know, you negotiate them like they said. We negotiate them because they had the lowest bid, which we could afford. And then we said, "Could you take payment like installments?" And they're like, "Yes." So, I I, we'll see. I think that if 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 the SpaceX HLS award gets voided, then NASA is forced to go back and try to figure out some strategy of which you know, because the the outcome is going to, you know, the question NASA can ask is like, "Okay." So if we give you each, like, $100 million right now, like, uh, how much lower can you bring in this Blue Origin? How much lower can you bring this Dynetics? You know, Blue Origin, which was, like, uh, I think they were $6 billion, and Dynetics, I think, was, like, $12 billion. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, and, 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 are you going to find a coupon? At, yeah, SpaceX was three. at 3 right? so, and that's yeah. And that's basically what nasa's budget is
2: so well, it's and, like and, and oh. and it, it, it almost sounds like between the lines is just like well we need the money to develop the things so that we can get most of the way to having it for you and then ask you for some more money <laughs> which is exactly <laughs> the business model that
1: is that's the problem of the business model there's a a great book if you get a chance lift off by eric berger and berger does a lot of great coverage of this he talks about how when early early days of spacex and like crazy stuff about how originally they were going to be launching the Falcon one from Edwards air force base in California. And then once they realized SpaceX was serious and may actually get a rocket off the ground, uh, one that would be a threat to their national launch providers and see, you know, their intelligence launch providers Two, the idea that the rocket may be blowing up at Edwards air force base could be a problem. They started slow walking everything for SpaceX. So SpaceX could not get permission or date when they could launch something. So that's why they had to go out to the middle of the Pacific to this tiny little. Uh, island controlled by the army but you see all the sort of politics of this in there but one point there's a meeting at spacex where some former like lockheed guys are like well this isn't how we do things at lockheed lockheed and elon's is like this is spacex <laughs> this is not lockheed if i do yeah. that one more time and you know the criticism sort of brought against blue origin is you know jeff bezos wanted to get to space and he hired a bunch of these former execs who worked at these other companies and they created a very well-funded traditional aerospace company that's giving predictable traditional aerospace results you know berger talks about being on a tour at blue origin and bezos says you know it takes six years to develop a rocket engine uh spacex was in orbit in under six years (laughs) yeah Uh, boy i i'm hopeful i'm hopeful this is a new way of thinking i'm hopeful that uh Well, just one side note too. Dynetics in their criticism, they they point out, they say, you know, choosing SpaceX is a bad choice of paraphrasing this, you know, as has been seen from the three failures of Starship, which have blown up, which, you know, have destroyed, which shows a lack of engineering knowledge. Bad,
2: it's like, oof, oh no, bad, oh, bad okay. politics.
1: That They shouldn't have done that. That was bad. Yeah, I was like, dudes, like there is a case there for you to sound like you know, you're know you making a sober thing, but this mean girl's like, well, they blow up their prototype, so what do they know? But I'm like, oh, great. Hey, uh, Dynetics, show us your launch ground where you're testing your fully reusable craft. I want to see this, because clearly you're the experts on engineering well, now. Also, so.
0: I, I wonder whether you know some of that kind of commentary does seem beyond the kind of like technical capacity and more into sort of a popular argument like that 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 these are famous things so you're you're talking to people that are i mean i guess uh, uh, not only nasa administrators which are very technically literate but also the politicians that are pulling the strings and the public at large which is kind of crazy that that uh, a, a contract like this would be uh, being fought about in the public sphere like that, because because that, yeah. that, that, yeah. that 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 is that's not an argument that works here, and we're not professionals in this field, right? Like 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 the three of us are like, oh no, it's better that this private company is privately testing these things, and they are doing these engineering and feats with, that we've never full, seen with before with full
2: transparency, full allowing transparency. everybody to see how it goes. Yeah, like, like
0: like we're like, oh yeah, that's good. It's cool that that they get to blow these things up, and and we see where we go from there. Uh, so I I I, 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 don't, I don't even know who the audience is for
1: that. And I well, I'll here's the thing to think about. Collectively, three each individually. Individually, we know more than any single member of Congress about our space program and the capabilities. Yeah, that is a fact. That is just it, people out here are like no. Hear like, that, Nancy Pelosi. Trust me. Uh, there is, and that's that's kind of scary because so that argument may be made. So, some, you know, Senator, what's his face from you know, itville can say, well, I understand SpaceX is blowing up three of them spacecraft, <laughs> you know, and yeah, but it, it's it, it's hard because they're making that argument about the experimental craft. Meanwhile, astronauts return for the National Space Station on board SpaceX spacecraft.
2: So uh I I I help help me decide who I'm rooting for in this scenario because I do like the idea of multiple competitors I don't like the idea of giant fat governmental you know garbage fire uh, wastage of money um uh on the one hand SpaceX, uh, uh, SpaceX is very well positioned they have a track record they are the first mover advantage they're very uh, uh, affordable efficient uh they have an incredible track record they're the obvious choice but also something makes me a little bit squirrely about just picking one winner and sticking with them
1: what we root for is change we're rooting for there are brilliant engineers that are these other companies and they're very capable people but they're all extremely risk averse and you know, part of, risk averse, and they'll sometimes those companies will spend some of their money to do developmental stuff. Sometimes they won't. We're rooting for a change where you know a company like Blue Origin can say, you know what, like let's go put the new Glenn out on the launch pad. You know, let's go try to launch New Glenn, and if it blows up, you know, fine, because we're going to build another ones. We're building our own capacity to do this. We want to get it right. We want to do faster. We want to iterate, because we've seen. The SpaceX model has been get things onto the launch pad as fast, you know, faster to find out what's broken than try to imagine what could be broken and find out you don't know and things get delayed forever because that was the old model. The old model was you don't want to put this thing on a launch pad and have it blow up because also the way they're, you know, part of their whole line of producing things makes everything so expensive. But the idea is like, let's make sure we're, we're pretty sure it's safe, but let's go test this stuff and then refine it and lower the cost of testing. It's, you know, do more science with real things. If that, if other companies start thinking that way and they start lowering their costs, it would be great. So I root for them changing their approach towards stuff and getting out of that old model, you know, that, well, we just really want money. Like some of these companies I worked with a company years ago where, like, it was literally like, hey, we want to pitch a proposal to the Pentagon because we know, you know, one of the defense agency budgets because, like, we think we can get a grant to do this, whatever. Like, what will we do? Like, oh, well, then we'll get another grant to go do this. And we'll do another. I'm like, will anybody ever use this? Like, maybe. Like, maybe somebody will. (laughs) Like, So nobody's going to really use this. So, like, this is just really, you know, and so much of that goes on. Uh, Well, we're rooting for you. To support us at
2: patreon.com slash weird thing. Now I've been thinking about this business model. Yeah. In this business model, mm-hmm. The patrons, they yes. give us money. Yes. And they allow us to develop our product. Uh huh. And if it's good, yes. Then we could get them to give us more money because the product has gotten better. And eventually it'll get so good. Yeah. They'll give us even more money. Still more money. Right. Now, every once in a while, we have to put in a delay in the product
0: just to oh, make them want it, like we did when we didn't do an episode last week. Oh, yeah. But yeah. you will only get
2: charged whenever we actually go to work, and do a show. Let's put a pin in that idea. We can come back to that later <laughs> on. I'm not entirely married to it, but the, but I do like that. Go on about the part where they give us money.
0: See, uh, patreon.com slash weird things. Uh, kick in some cash. Make sure that we are doing this show each and every week. And by the way, no matter what Brian says, it is for real. If we don't do an episode, you don't get charged. That is the weird things promise. Head on over there right now. Patreon.com slash weird Weird things, get your custom RSS feed, enter it into the podcatcher of your choice, and get early access to after things, the show we do after weird things, wherein we talk about all kinds of entrepreneurial and experiential lessons. Patreon.com slash less weird.
1: Things. So I have a quick question. Yeah. Uh, what what's take on what's our take on, um, your take on UFOs? <laughs> I mean, I'm
0: for him. I, I was about to I'm say, for
2: I was like, I, 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 I don't know that we get a vig on UFOs, but I would love, I want to be part of the action here.
0: I, I'm for him on every level. I'm for him on the literal definition of unidentified flying objects, where we just don't know what that glimmer in the sky is, or we know we cannot identify what that glimmer in the sky is. Weird
2: stuff in the sky, don't I'm, know what it is. I'm Anytime for- a military pilot says the words, "What the hell is that?" Uh, Kachinga UFO.
0: Yeah. I'm here for big gleaming fifties,
2: flying saucers, big heads, dark almond. Eyes. Cigar rockets, circular rockets, All flying airplanes that are being mistaken for rockets. Intergalactic
0: whirly birds. I'm, I'm here for each and every one of them.
2: Planets that people just
1: forget are there. Boom. Well, why do you ask Andrew? The New Yorker has an article that just came out a couple days ago called how the Pentagon started taking UFOs seriously. By Gideon Lewis Krauss, and it is a very interesting read because you may have noticed there have been more conversations about UFOs and footage showing uh, strange objects on military systems, etc. And it's you know a topic that you know here we are in 2021 still talking about UFOs. Uh, um, well, well, and, and, and cer-
2: certainly. Uh, and, and by the way, UFOs is such a delightfully. Rorschach loaded term it's like if you want it to mean space aliens it can mean space aliens if you want it to mean weather balloons it can mean weather balloons if you want it to mean uh the Ruskies invading us it can mean that it's like uh yeah dude we should definitely be paying a lot of attention to stuff in the sky that we don't understand
0: uh also I would like to direct people to there was a great uh episode by Andrew Heaton on his uh, podcast the political orphanage where he talked about UFOs and basically charted back a lot of the modern boom of uh, uh, UFO news coverage to like three people. That 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 this has has largely been kind of ginned up beyond the the actual recognition of of, of what the facts are, but based on like three people's now, commentary. Now, now when
2: you say recent, the the last time I was paying attention was like I know there was a big uh, moment uh, at the end of the Cold War in the 90s where they just released a bunch of. Uh, of, of, of previously classified information, and yes, the Air Force in the uh, uh, over the last fifty years did a lot of weird stuff just to see what would happen throwing throwing dummy bodies out of planes to see whether it looks like they would survive or not or whatever. Uh, but but you're saying even more recent no, than there, that?
0: Yeah, this is more in the uh, uh, late '90s, early 2000s, where there was a video where pilots. We're we're saying that they saw a thing that seemed to kind of move beyond the laws of physics. I I don't remember everything offhand, but but I do know that between those that commentary and that video specifically, and then what happened last year where the government discussed a bunch of actual unidentified flying objects that that they you know just just kind of put out there, uh, that that has so, kind of defined it. But but Andrew seems to know more about it with this with this article.
1: I know nothing. Uh, well, one of being people are trying to correct me, like, no, it's unidentified aerial phenomenon now. Yeah, UFO. It's the same. It means the same thing. Yeah. And actually, <laughs> if we want to have a better, more precise term, what we're seeing lately is uh, weird stuff on instrumentation that nobody understands. Yeah. Um. And so it's I let me be clear clear. I don't know. I have I have no horse, six legged alien or whatever in this. Don't know. All I know is that when we keep getting the same problems we had with previous UV- UFO sightings is we get certain things that are people say are very specific and then it turns out that it lay- may later on be well, we weren't certain about this. they'll say, oh like these you know these people saw this thing that's 300 meters across. How do they know it was 300 meters across judging estimates in the sky really hard and we'd see these you know radar displays and other sim like, oh this thing was moving this fast. Well, if you don't know how big it is, you don't know how far away it is. You really don't know how fa- fast it's moving. You don't even know if it's you know something closer to it or whatever. And so we have the same problems with these things. Plus, people looking at you know looking at infrared images and other stuff that are very difficult to comprehend as they are. Some of these systems turns out were newer systems, things like this. I'm not saying these things aren't. I can't say that, but I can say that. We hear a lot of certainty, and when you try to drill down for details, you go like, Well, how did you know it was forty feet across? What was my estimate? Like ah, you know, that, that could be, you know, there might be a mistake there. Well, and and uh, one of
2: the my favorite examples is of uh, how difficult it is to have a frame of reference. Um, uh, there's a bunch of mystery gravity locations, uh, especially like in the Pacific Northwest, where there's been partial landslides and all of the trees have kind of tilted at a uh, 30-degree cant or whatever. And so as a result, because visually you you uh, consciously or unconsciously use them as a frame of reference um now they you don't recognize that they're all tilted so as yeah. a result it looks like water's you know rolling uphill or what have you and you call it a gravity gravity anomaly uh likewise you can have a still object uh let's say uh saturn or jupiter or whatever but you're looking up through this tree dappled area, then those trees become your frame of reference. And when all the trees very gently sway to and fro in the breeze, it looks like it's Jupiter that's that's moving all around in crazy un, unpredictable ways. So uh, uh, so I, I, I agree, like uh, the last person I'll trust is me when it comes to <laughs> seeing anything up in the sky and trying
1: to figure out how big or how far it is. And you know, I remember one really, it was a fascinating description, it was like, some pilots saw what looked like some boiling surface in the ocean, this, you know, weird sort of thing in the earth, some, some sort of phenomenon there. And then a whirling kind of pool. And they saw this white thing emerge, this sort of oblong sort of flattish roundest object emerge and fly straight up into the sky. And they're like, Oh wow, that sounds amazing. And they're like, and being like, how do you explain? I'm like, well, how do explain? I'm like, I don't know. And then somebody's like, uh, yeah, that sounds exactly like a balloon released by Naval submarines which they use to do like for radio signals and weather testing. Right. And I'm like, Oh, that's a real thing. That's a thing. That's it for real. Like, Oh yeah. That was, I remember like, they're like, Oh, like these formations, like, no, those are actual naval flares you can go to the company and see the ones that sell those flare or, you know, aerial flares. Like some of these things you go like, I don't know. And they're like, Oh yeah, no, that's just this. So I'm like, well, that's I'm like a lot of these might be just these things.
2: Well, so. and, and and again, it's like, uh, I remember one of the most powerful UFO videos I had seen was a series of lights just showing up in the sky, in this perfect line over the mountains. And it's like, I don't know what's happening or why. And uh, keep in mind, the military in general is in the business of not bothering to answer your questions, right? So when later the military eventually said, yeah, we dropped a bunch of flares, they're on parachutes. And they're like, why? They're like, because we have to practice that in case we go to war. And it's like, okay, but that's weird, they're like, Yeah, we don't really care how weird you think our exercises are. Our our, our,
0: our job is not to communicate with you. Right. Our job is to protect you. In fact, communicating with you on any level is (laughs) detrimental to your own protection. (laughs) So we're just not going to do it. Cool. Talk to you when you send the next FOIA.
1: Right. And And there can be one... In one part of the military, not know another part of the military is doing. And there could be, and they're also, you know, I'm not gonna rule out other kinds of phenomenon. But the problem I had, you know, for years when I worked with you know, full-time investigating these things, when they drilled in the details, what people told you had happened, evil witnesses told you versus what you could actually verify changed a lot, and sometimes subtly, but you would hear. And I think the article goes into a little bit talking about how something goes. And Michael Shermer did a breakdown of this, talking about how something becomes, you're told concretely, it was this. And then you go, well, no, somebody said, I think it could have been 50 feet across. But then by the time the enthusiast like, no, it was 50 feet across with authority. Like, oh, no, this was this. And it's like, I don't trust the people who are most excited about this. I certainly don't trust our government when it comes to telling me what's going on. So I kind of don't trust anybody, but the people who are... The ones were like, no, oh, you're gonna explain this as, you know, birds or this, like this, ha ha ha, you idiot! Don't you know? It's, and uh, the funny thing in there is like they talk about was it uh, uh, Blink one eight two Tom Delong uh, Tom Delong
0: uh, who, 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 yeah. who 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 by the way is one of the orchestrators. Spoiler alert for that Andrew Heaton episode, but uh, uh one of the one of the main orchestrators of our modern uh, uh, UFO uh, uh, popularization flap. Is yeah. is what they call it? Yeah. Uh, Tom it,
1: DeLong of of, of Blink One Eighty Two. No kidding.
0: Angels and Airwaves. Yeah.
1: Well, because he was part of this group that that wanted to try the Academy of the Stars, whatever kind of thing, which was like this group like, hey, we have really conclusive evidence, and they had some, you know, very interesting looking infrared and radar images stuff that you know, uh, I would be hard pressed to try to explain this, but what's sort of funny is that you know you have these people working together to sort of promote this, and then, uh. You know, you know. Quote here is: uh, Keen uh, was you know person who'd been looking into this. She'd been writing about this because she wanted to take this thing sort of, kind of seriously. Soon developed doubts about DeLong after he appeared on Joe Rogan's podcast to discuss his belief that what crashed at Roswell was a reverse-engineered UFO built in Argentina by fugitive Nazi scientists. I mean, that's so like, that's that's a fun story.
0: Yeah,
2: that seems a little bit
0: more than all the small
2: things. Uh, the, the, uh, 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 well, and, and that's the, uh, again, it's like the skeptic and the believer both see the same phenomenon. The skeptic shrugs and says, yeah, that's really weird. And then the believer is like, well, I mean, we can't just leave it there. We got it. We got to close this loop. And the skeptics like, yeah, I don't know if we do. I, I think we could just say. Very weird. Yeah. someday we yeah. might know what that I'm was. I'm sure we'll work that self out. <laughs> That'll work itself but, out eventually. Yeah. But for now, just put it in the very weird category.
1: Yeah. And uh, in defense of the believers, some skeptics are more cynics or just too quick to, and that drove me nuts because, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember a case where there was a, uh, uh it was an you know, one of the a popular YouTube debunker, and they were showing a video from like a gas station showing these little things flying around or whatever and i think they're calling them like well they're like oh they're fireflies or this or 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 why were they this color or whatever and they're confidently it's because of this and i'm like i'm like no it's an it's it's an infrared sensor it's an infrared light that's why it's doing this and i remember seeing these explanations that were kind of directionally accurate but told with you know the authority of like this is what it is and i'm like no this isn't what it is and I would see that from time to time because I'd be working with skeptics who were like they had to have an answer. And I'm like, one, we don't have to have an answer. Yeah. we don't have to explain it. Like, as Brian says, we don't have to. We can go, yeah. I don't know. I, but you know, maybe more more data we could figure it out. And that's I think that was one of the dangers of of skepticism was, well, I got to tell them something.
2: Yeah, I. I, Or else the dumbs will run wild. (laughs) I I had to sit with that uncomfortable not knowing uh, for for a very minor mystery. uh, Like uh, we installed a bunch of these ring cameras, and uh, all of a sudden I get a motion alert in the middle of the night. And what I see is um, uh, uh, six glowing lights in an array that, that bob up and down and then swoop right up to the camera and then separate and then vanish. And I yeah. watched it uh, like a hundred times, and then I—it uh, wasn't until, like, months of looking on the uh, the Ring subreddit that somebody said, "Oh yeah, yeah, every so often a spider web will spin across, and because there are six infrared lights that are on at all times." the thin gossamer thread oh. will reflect it back. Sometimes the wind will blow these gossamer threads around and you'll get crazy lights. That's and it's like That's insane. But, but it's like, okay, imagine that that brief discomfort between what I described and then getting the answer. No, because I remember imagine we did that this we did this on night Tag. Yeah. Totally. Where
0: where you we, yeah. we were we were theorizing oh maybe it's something on the road it, it was it was somebody driving it's uh, it silkworms
2: like, or or some kind wow, of some kind of spider web stuff rad
1: yeah so uh in the chat Ilink says skeptics and believers should not be part of the conversation it should be between observers and scientists comma military
2: well i mean i think that we're, we're- i mean uh uh spoiler alert there are believers and skeptics in scientists and the military <laughs> and between observers it's like uh you could be uh, 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 both a specific gender and also a specific uh race. Like like the,
1: the two have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> why would you just and and again I think that, that might be kind of the prejudicial phrasing of skeptic? And I'd be queer it's like, why why do you want to block somebody who says why well, wanna look at evidence? And science, all scientists in theory are skeptics. That is the basis yeah. of scientists scientists science is I need proof, you know, in order to understand how the world works, we need things that are falsifiable. And a skeptic, the, some of the best, a lot of your skeptics are people who were brought in by the military. The people I know who do the best analysis by stuff are people who get consulted with because they get brought in to do that. And well,
2: and, and, and the problem, of course, is that they're brought in for quote-unquote answers. And it's like, yeah. uh, no, like uh, uh, if your answer is that's weird, <laughs> then then you might have people upset with you.
1: yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, how do we get to, yeah. And and scientism is the problem of world because somebody who's a scientist says this is so then that's So, and that's, that's bad science. And you, if you were a party to half the conversations Justin and I've ever had over the last year, it is railing against this. Well, there are scientists. And so therefore we must accept it. It's like, no, it's evidence. Doesn't matter if you're a scientist or a mechanic, it's the same thing. And it is a frustrating, frustrating thing, particularly too, is, Scientists are generally very good within their own area of expertise, but often have little idea how 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 unprepared they are for things that even fall just within a few degrees away from there. And that's that is a frustrating thing because sometimes a an astronomer talking to you about UFOs may be no better informed than a car mechanic who's been studying this for years because it's completely different. It's a completely unrelated thing. You know, do you want to talk to, if you want to go look at this footage to figure out what's going on there, are you going to go talk to a physicist or maybe somebody who worked for one of the contractors that designed that radar instrumentation, you know, well, and, and, and in, likewise,
2: you know? uh, we all have our own lenses through which we see the world. Uh, there was, I want to say four or five years ago, uh, over Scandinavia, there was a glowing blue spiral that showed up, and was just like like a like a, a space hypnotist was trying to freak people out. And uh, if you are somebody who st- studies astrobiology or whatever, you would say, oh, it looks like somebody tried to use an interdimensional portal or whatever." Uh, or, uh, but but if you were a a, a missile scientist, you would say yep that's exactly what it looks like when a engine goes bad and a missile begins to spin around and ionizes in the upper atmosphere uh and and it's just one of those um uh, uh, both of them have that same impulse to collapse that superposition and have an answer, but they're gonna come up with very, very different answers.
1: Yeah,
0: I, have- I, I think the biggest, the biggest problem in terms of the, the, the scientism thing is just like the crowning of a new class of clerics and, and the concept of like, oh, okay, well, let's just rally around names. Let, 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 let's rally around job titles on, on a level that kind of, I think, undercuts what all of us here love about the concept of the scientific, uh, the scientific method is that, no, it's, it's constant. It is it is forever. We are never at the end. We are always reviewing the data. And in fact, we are not looking for the shortcut of just crowning a new cleric
1: class. Years ago, uh, James Randy and I got invited to a press conference in Washington, D.C., being hosted by the American Physical Society, put on by Bob Park, who was a wonderful guy, physicist, spokesperson for the APS uh, and invest, you know, a, a, a skeptic of a lot of these things. And the proposal was put forth to create kind of this team of scientists and people to kind of quickly act out and give up opinions and stuff to sort of stamp out pseudoscience. It's sort of like, this, this is the group of experts we asked and they said this, and this was a proposal from Bob who I loved and APS and Randy and I just sat there with like in horror. We're like, you can't, you can't say these are the experts and the experts say this is BS. That, that's not how it should work. Cause you, yeah. everything is separate. You have to look at things and we can't, just be this well the experts guys said this is fake so that's good enough for me and we're like no no like this is not going to make people trust us this is the you know a bad and it frustrated the APS because they invited us there for this and they wanted us to be part of this but it was yeah. like and our answer is like this is not how you do this so- well and, and not only
2: that but there's that backlash effect where it's like um uh, let's say you get 19 out of 20 anomalies exactly correct the one you get wrong becomes ammunition forever and ever, and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever for anyone who
1: wants to tell any crazy story they want. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's hard for scientists to often say, I don't know. They don't like to, you know, a reporter calls them up and asks them something they don't want to say. I don't know. You know, and that's, that's the danger. That's how you get into that trap. Like you mentioned. Yeah. So, you know, a great example too, was uh, we had, in california there was this weird phenomenon out over several years ago over the ocean where something strange bright up light in the sky and nobody's quite sure what it was and it turned out it was like you know the navy had launched like a trident missile you know test or whatever and i had a friend of mine is like ah well are you sure it sounds like a cover-up kind of i'm like well i'm like yeah i'm pretty sure that's what it is and then a year later, SpaceX had did one did one of their night launches that created the same phenomenon, and nobody that was a time where all the people we showed the video people freaking out over it. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, okay, so was that done to cover up for the other thing? Did they engineer? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they stole the alien technology. Where do you think they got it? Well, it's and that's the problem with this is that for some people, this is a religious belief. They yeah. really want to believe that this is we're seeing signs of this. And if you start questioning these things, then it makes them uncomfortable because you're telling them, no, I don't believe in your religion. Right. Uh, But, and I don't, like I said, none of us here has a problem. There could be aliens out there. None of us like, no, can't be like, 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 Oh, you know, and I have friends like my buddy, Paul Hynek, his, his father's Dr. J. Allen Hynek, the guy who did the blue book report. I've talked to Paul at this, at you know at length about this sort of stuff and there's a lot of stuff that his his dad didn't walk in as a believer and his dad walked away go there's just some stuff we can't explain that we can't explain we can't just you know just ignore it and i i think he's right about that and i've talked to you know i've talked to you know pilot who did escorts for sr71 jets he's got great stories about stuff and he's convinced the stuff and i'm not going to say he's a liar yeah i just my experience i've been exposed to so much stuff of like don't know what it is and then years later it goes click i'm like oh i'm willing to believe they're sincere, but I'm also hesitant to go, (laughs) aliens, you know? Um, so, uh, good news, everybody. Remember how there was that Chinese launch of a rocket where it fell there, that Chinese school and those kids got to get an upfront view of like spacecraft. Yes. Yeah. Why should Chinese school children have all the fun? Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> We've got so, Hey look, we're going to
0: outcompete China. Joe Biden said it during his address. <laughs> so we, uh, hopefully. Come on, USA.
1: Nope, no, nope, no. Nope, we failed. Uh Damn. you see China just launched Thanks, the first Joe. module for a new space station that they're putting up there, which congratulations to China. That's a big effort. They actually It's Part of like China, what they do often, they license designs from the Russians, and this was sort of a, a version of a Russian module, but they put this up there, which is a, a big step forward from which is to be complimented. They put it on the Long March uh, rocket, the Long March 5B, which they had a successful launch of this, which was great. The core stage of this, though, is an Orbit is likely to make an uncontrolled reentry over the next few days or weeks. Um, now,
2: I'm going to guess that this is a large enough what's-a-medusit that it will survive, reentry, and land somewhere? It's a possibility. <laughs> the
1: the problem is this, and this is—I don't want to bash China here. It's 2021. The idea of these un unknown, uncontrolled reentries like this is so amateur— so whatever like great guys you put a space station up there but now you have this big piece of you know rocket that you did not figure out where it's going to land or be able to account for that which clearly is a failure clearly they're not as advanced you know as much as you know uh you know capable as they thought they were and that's you know i'm gonna bash them for that because that's just not good not good yeah
0: that's uh that's 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 a that's a whoopsie doodle that's a that is that is a problem. So so we have no idea where this thing's going to come down. Nope. Wow. round rule of round thumb we go. 20 to
1: 40 Rule of thumb for how much will come is 20 to 40% of the original dry mass. And and we had we had SkyLab. You know, we had our own SkyLab reentry which were like yeah, In and you know, we had What's that? Oh, and Mir as well. You know, we 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 had a rough. Well, that was but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was the uh, U.S. Oh, uh, yeah. So we yeah, but we had our yeah, like our Skylab in 1979. But was like it's 40 years ago. Like this is this is <laughs> we we know a lot more now. You know, to be a space power theory,
2: I mean that that is uh, there's a non-zero chance that if this lands in a populated area in any country. It's like it's like war roulette. You're just gonna spin that wheel, and you're like, uh, apparently Ghana. Apparently, we're now at war with Ghana.
1: Well, nah, uh, you know, that, that, that don't. I mean, it's never escalated like that. I mean, it's 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 you just look like an idiot, and it'll you know. be it'll be a, a a
0: well. I mean, I guess I when, think there, when, there's when? some
2: number of casualties where all of a sudden it won't be. Oh no no no! You no. I, I
0: think international incident. Yeah. Yes. I think like the idea of an international incident uh, is is possible, right? Uh, uh, the question then becomes, what and where are we are we are we talking about? I don't think it goes to war. I think that that uh, uh, but certainly, I guess uh, maybe
2: maybe like uh the economic equivalent of like all of a sudden it's sanctions, it's it's uh, everyone at the UN wagging a finger. There's a lot of fingers wagging. Yeah, it will send
0: yeah. fingers a wagging. Uh, uh, but. Whether or not it would escalate beyond that, who knows? I mean, I guess the question—I mean, the morbid question—would be, where's the worst place it could possibly land?
2: I mean, first of all, uh, Michael Bay answered that for us years ago. The White House? <laughs> no, no, New York City, right? The, uh, the opening scene of Armageddon.
0: Oh, 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 okay, yeah. No, I was thinking of Devlin and Emmerich. Like, uh, I'm like, I'm like, hey, look, the the the. The the intro to, uh, or the,
2: the trailer for Independence Day didn't have oh, the World Trade Center. Oh, got it, got Trade it, got Center it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. <laughs> they, they just get finished uh, rebuilding uh, Notre Dame. And all of a sudden, there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> That's
1: so messed up. So they have a... Uh... There was the the Chinese last Chinese space station, by the way, reentered in two thousand eighteen, and that was also a we don't know where it's gonna land. Um, so I mean, hey man, sh- uh, rolling the, the, the dice works really good until
2: it doesn't. I mean, because I mean, like 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 the vast majority,
0: it's gonna land somewhere in the ocean, right? Right. right. Like like by by the numbers, if we're gonna roll that, you know, two hundred and million sided
1: die, right? So. In 1979, debris from NASA's Skylab fell to Western Australia. NASA advertised for claims with respect to damage caused by the debris, but no state-based claims were formally made under the Liability Convention. There were some claims regarding illegal dumping. The local Shire of Esperance, which was where I was at when I did my Shark Week special, by the way, really, really great little town, issued NASA with a $400 Australian littering fine. Oh, that's adorable! (laughs) Worth it just (laughs) for the joke. Are you kidding? Yeah. Yeah. That's which I, that was. This is the town where I needed to go to the hardware store and I go up to this woman who I've never met before who's like the wife of the person who we're renting this for and I go, hey do you know where I can get a taxi? She's like oh no love, you're not getting a taxi around here I never met this woman before here are the keys to my car, you can go use this. That's wonderful That's awesome. Like, I
2: mean when you live on the moon you might as well like uh, yeah, take whatever. the rover, yeah.
1: it's, we only got the I'm one like, Cool, and I get behind the wheel I'm like it's on the wrong side of the car <laughs> and I've never driven on this side of the street before. And so I drove to the hardware store and it was terrifying. God, <laughs> that's man, awesome. You get there,
0: you don't know what's a knife and what's not like. That's a, <laughs> yeah. Is it a yeah. knife? Is it a spoon?
2: I, I can't I, tell. I don't, know. I don't know.
1: Do we have time for one more? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Let's do it fast. Mm-hmm. Brian, I, I, I loved your story about your camera, looking in your backyard and seeing like these strange lights, which, uh, like, uh, it was like... Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. It was,
2: it was great. It was super surreal. It
1: was bizarre. Yeah, it's cool. That's great. It's a cute story, Brian. It's Uh-oh. cute. Wow. It's cute. Mm. Uh-oh. Mm. I mean, it's cute. It's mm. cool. Mm.
2: Are you mm. telling me mm. there are seven lights somewhere? <laughs> Brian, how about a dinosaur? Sorry? Uh, uh, are they made of light now? A what? A dinosaur. A dinosaur.
0: A dinosaur. A dinosaur. All right, hold on. Let's see. What is this headline? Florida woman says she spotted a baby dinosaur running through her front
1: yard. Oh yeah, through yard,
0: through yard, Palm Coast, Florida. We're gonna have to see
1: this. All right, let's see. We'll
2: see the video. We'll we'll let the evidence speak for itself. Before we play the video,
1: can we get a map of Palm Coast, Florida? Let's get a map. I just want to see. Does this look like dinosaur territory?
0: Whereabouts? Yeah. Where does this lay in the previous uh, migration patterns of dinosaurs through Florida? But could you have a research
2: installation near there? Could you have... <sighs> How close is it to uh, 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 Isla Bonita or whatever it is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isla Nublar. There you go. Ah, it's it's definitely there, Florida. Yeah, that tracks. That seems like dinosaur the satellite, territory. The
1: satellite image. Satellite image. Oh, hold uh, on. Lower left. So this is
0: Palm Coast, Florida. It, it is on the east coast of Florida. Oh, well. Is that north of Okeechobee? Uh-huh.
1: We You've got... Seems awfully occupied. Oh, no. Look at all that grassland. Like, And go to the north there. There's something suspicious. We got the Florida Ar- Agricultural Museum. That mm-hmm. mm. sounds like a likely story. Yeah. yeah. Cover up. Guys, this is very... This is dinosaur territory. Yeah.
0: I mean, look. Andrew and I have spent uh, many, many years uh, uh, understanding the wild environs of Florida. You guys might fully undercover. I don't feel... Like we can totally dismiss out of hand the claim that there was a baby dinosaur running through this woman's yard. Let's let
1: the evidence speak for itself. I've had two chupacabra sightings, by the way, remind everybody of this Two. That's two more than I think anybody else here. That's that's true. Uh, all right, let's see if this works. Oh, uh, hold on. That definitely
2: (laughs) looks like a velociraptor running through a backyard. (laughs) All right, all right, hold on. Let's just go around
0: one or two words. What does this look like, starting with Andrew?
2: Dog costume. <laughs> uh, uh, Brian, I, I was going to say Callie in a costume. <laughs> I, I was
0: going to say wiener
2: dog. It looks like a wiener dog. It's
0: just scurrying its little dachshund feet as fast as it can.
1: <laughs> hold up, hold up, yeah.
2: I mean, actually, to be honest, it looks like uh, just a straight-up peacock.
0: Wow, it that does. Looks... Yeah, actually, when when now that the video's blown up a little bit, it does look like the feet are longer. Yeah, I think, I think it...
2: there's a leash. Is there a leash? Oh, oh, a yeah. Leash. oh yeah. No matter what it is. Oh, it you is know what? That, maybe it's a dog with one of those. Um, as a matter of fact, you can see the reflection up top. It looks like one mm-hmm. of those cozy, keep you warm. Uh, outfits you'd put on a dog.
0: Oh, like it's a little dog parka? Yeah. Um, That's a dog in a dog parka, yo. I just want to point out the state of journalism <laughs> and this is gonna go around the world because like a barely i guess this is what the the point of the story is is that everybody watches the video and we do exactly what we're doing right now and right, we all right. take guesses as to
2: what it is uh yeah well i think we won we got it right it's definitely a dog in a parka
0: do we have any? There's nothing in the in the article, right? No,
2: no, no. no Wait, why not. would you do that? <laughs> that would just reduce the amount of advertisements that people. Yeah, I guess watch. I guess if
0: you answer it, then you <laughs> and invalidate your headline, like you know, like woman mistakes dog for baby dinosaur. It's like
1: is not well, I like, don't uh, need to click on that. Yeah, yeah I uh, sad. <laughs> I was really hoping that. That part of the Jurassic is Park gonna earth. be the
2: one. I was really expecting
0: for it to look right into the camera and say, "Not the mama."
2: <laughs>
1: oh, actually, <there's, laughs> look at the camera and find say, on YouTube, "I'm a too. clever
2: girl." <laughs> and go running away.
1: Yeah. Um, it is. Uh, yet it's interesting to read that on the YouTube comments of this, of the different explanations for it, of like uh, it's an iguana with its head stuck in a container.
2: <laughs> oh, actually, uh, yeah. No, I would expect that in Florida. Yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: if you go to the YouTube version, you can actually uh, freeze frame it easier and see like what it looks like. And you go early on, you can certainly see what looked like dog legs and whatnot. But just a theory. I mean, it could be you know some sort of extinct lizard. Yeah,
0: uh, um, my, so- my 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 bed is on dog. It has it has a dog a dog's runner's gait.
1: Uh, I didn't know. Like, I knew Florida had all kinds of different. Um... <laughs> I like the fact that
2: Corey's just watching it and not showing it to the folks at home. <laughs> He's Oops. completely forgotten his job. <laughs> He's just. <laughs> I forgot to hit the spacebar button.
1: Yeah, i I was in a walking to my car, and all of a sudden, I saw this lizard just running across the parking lot right past me. On two legs, yeah, and you're like, "Huh, that don't seem normal," (laughs) and and you know, I had, you know, I go home to go Wikipedia this stuff and look up, like, did I just see like a basilisk lizard? You know, like, did I just see that, or was just like a copy from Jurassic Park? Each were possible in my mind, and it was, and they have since started to become more prevalent in parts of Florida. Wow. And that's one of those things where it was like, we've got iguanas there, which were not native. We've got basilisk lizards there. And uh, and then that was my first time seeing a chupacabra, by the way. <laughs> and then my second time was I was walking to the park and I saw this strange reptilian screen creature on four legs is walking along, kind of looking like a little bit nasty. And it's scurrying into the bushes. And I'm like, I think I may put show the video here. And I ran up close to get a photo of it. And it was a raccoon with mange. Oh. Oof. Not Man. a pretty creature. No, no. So, Or was it? Was it just the camouflaging ability of the Chupacabra? Yeah. Who do you know? Gentlemen, do you have any picks? Yeah, dude. I
2: finally saw that Bob Odenkirk movie. Nobody. It's great. It's great. It's
1: great. It's really great. I liked it a lot. It was great. That's one of those premises where if I just told you the premise, and I haven't you, would you'd be like, uh, okay, sounds a little Liam Neeson-like. And it's like Bob Odenkirk. You're like, Oh,
0: I'm in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and spoiler alert, uh, uh, if, if you don't know the rest of the cast, don't learn it. It only gets better the further you get into it. Uh, uh, whoever was the casting director for that movie. Called in
2: all the favors. Give them
0: give him a raise. Yep. Like, I, 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 I don't know uh, uh, a, 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 a movie in recent memory where each time somebody showed up, I immediately recognized them and, and was like, "Oh, that's great! Oh, I love that they're the person that that has this role." Uh, uh, and and a uh, 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 slight thing for, uh, I won't even pepper anything else into it. But, like, if, uh, if you have the
2: ability to go in blind, I highly recommend the experience.
0: Have you seen it yet, Andrew? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. Okay. All right, then I won't. I won't. Uh, I, I won't. I won't dare say the question that it that it dares any other movie to to
1: to to, to answer but uh, uh go okay. see it it's great yeah. uh you know what i i, I partner i want to. i want to do a quick survey here yeah um who's been vaccinated oh i have if,
2: yeah Corey no. has I, I believe everybody on the team has my wife yeah. has double d-
1: double doses everybody Elvis. johnson i went oh i i, I went full
2: johnson but also yeah. i got the disease so that's a double dose in my book <laughs> yeah
1: yeah cool I yeah, I got my first dose. I get my next one in like a week. Nice, um, right on. And uh, I, I I was thinking maybe do it is the next episode. I know there's hesitancy out there, but I I know we're also we're not the type to yell at people, <laughs> you no. know, for 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 being hesitant. And so I think that might be a discussion we do next week. We can talk about that because I've I've this is weird sort of thing where it's like like I think everybody should be getting vaccinated, but the other people are like ah oh, these dumbs refusing. It. It's like well here's the thing when you yell at people and you mislead to to the mislead them. They kind of don't want to listen to you anymore. Uh, (laughs) Yeah.
2: Right. Where it's like number of times that somebody is like, you're so dumb. Why don't you do the thing? Oh, you're right. I'm uh, now fully convinced. Thank you for that compelling argument. Yeah. yeah,
0: uh, uh, I I did a big thing on this, on the PX3 extra this morning, but there was an exceptionally stupid article in uh, the New York times today talking about how a scientific consensus has been reached that we will not reach herd immunity, uh, which I think was a very stupid article. And I think that our concept, our modern concept of uh, popularly how we discuss herd immunity is is really stupid because there's no actual number. It's something that that is far better understand after a, a wave of something comes through. And then you determine, oh, well, here's where this contagion met this level of inoculation, met this level of variance. Like, we don't know. It's something that's going to be understood after we are beyond this. Uh, here's what's real. If you look at vaccination rates in Israel and you look in Great Britain, which to this point has been probably our greatest comps in terms of them being ahead of us, we're doing very well vaccination-wise in America thus far. 45 to 50% is where you see a material downturn in cases and deaths follow cases. Even the most, the lagging uh, uh, trailers of American vaccination statewide which is Mississippi and Arkansas, they are in the high 20s. This is, not un- this is not impossible. This is not anything that we are particularly far away from. If you are on the fence, I would greatly, uh, uh, I would beseech you to talk to whatever medical professional for which you trust, uh, uh, search the information. If you have already gotten it, I would ask only that you have patience to help get us over this line because as a country we're at 38 percent we're not far away if, if we continue even at the vaccination rates that we're at now uh we can very much we are very close to to hitting major milestones that will that will very much affect us going forward so uh uh don't be dicks we we <laughs> please for god's sakes and don't and don't and don't get don't be out. dicks
2: get the prick <laughs>
0: And and, and and don't get bummed out when we're, we're we're talking about these fantasy numbers of of herd of 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 herd immunity, which nobody can tell you. And people can take guesses right. as to what herd immunity is or will be for COVID nineteen. Nobody knows. We do know materially: forty five to fifty percent vaccination by population greatly turns stuff downward, and we're seeing it now in some states that are approaching that as, as we speak, that's the reality on the ground. So there we go.
1: Yeah. That's- and it's, it's, it is one of these things where like the, the term herd immunity itself is also kind of shows you sort of the problem where herd immunity often, if you literally have a herd that are all in the same environment in the same system, getting X percent, you know, immunized means this, the problem we had early on was, you know, you had old people going to clinics and seeing doctors and maybe getting it there because yeah. they're exposed to people around it. And that was one of the biggest problems. Still one of the stories that's really not talked about is how one of the biggest vectors was probably hospitals. Yeah. Uh, Cause we don't, you know, in the middle of people trying to save lives and do this, we didn't want to throw like criticism there, but it is in trying to understand a thing. You have to think about vectors, but all those people here in the U S are generally for the most part, getting vaccinated and vaccinated. We've been doing a great job. I see elderly people without masks on. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like I'm, Cause I know that they're vaccinated and they're finally taking these masks off. And I think that's like a great thing. When I see an elderly person walk around without a mask, I mean, they're like awesome. Or, you know, you're living your life the way you want, whatever. So I think it's, it's, I get, I got the first shot of Moderna getting the second shot in a week. Um, I, you know, I, I, I've read the stuff. I'm not going to tell people like what I know or what I don't know. I would say I've been frustrated by yeah, the other thing that happened to Johnson Johnson was actually kind of predictable because if you look at there's a history of like adenoviruses and whatnot and blood clotting. This was a known thing, but I think they downplayed it because they didn't want to panic people. And then people realize, like, oh, there's this correlation here. And it's like, yeah, that's been in the literature for 15 years, but people didn't tell you. And now it causes a bigger problem, which drives me nuts. It's these people, these these health workers or the scientists trying to be social engineer. And I think it's backfired so much. But yeah. uh we're all distrustful, cynical, skeptical people on this podcast. And we all, even and Brian, who already went through it, even if we all went through and got vaccinated, because we're like, you know what? I'm looking at these numbers. I think I like, uh, I think I'm, think I'm okay with this. Uh,
0: yeah. Number one, I feel totally safe doing it. I will also say, my God, do I want to do live shows again? I want to do live shows. I want to do meetups. I want, and, and I'm going to do whatever I need to do to make people feel comfortable to come out and And see stuff uh, uh, it matters a lot to me for my own totally selfish perspective uh, uh beyond what I want for uh, uh, all of society so uh, uh, all I would say, look, if you are a hard no on the vaccine, cool, I'm not talking to you uh, uh, and I don't mean that that I, I, i'm I, I'm saying, get out of my house, but like you know, just this is not for you. if you're on the fence, man just. Read up, whatever you need to do, uh, 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 justinrobertyoung at gmail.com. Send me an email and ask me any question you want uh, if 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 uh, I move the needle on any level.
1: So just tell you, you're saying don't estimate how dumb the public is. I disagree with you completely, and I think part of the problem is that we have people, science communicators and people who are really bad at their job. You bring up the point, if we kept nuclear and nuclear medical resonance imaging, people wouldn't be as comfortable getting MRIs. Why are people uncomfortable with the term nuclear? They used to love the term nuclear. Because large groups of scientists went against you're trying to advocate against the use of nuclear power. And so we had massive campaigns to tell people how dangerous and bad this is. We get spread with bad information. This isn't coming from blue-collar people. These are academics and other people who deal square, deal scare stories, things like this about Three Mile Island, whatever, who exaggerate, like, you know, the danger of these things. I don't think uh, sometimes people can organically come up with dumb ideas, but you know, we went through a pandemic where the leading experts we're telling me not to wear a mask. We're telling me not to wear a mask when clearly the data showed there was a high correlation between what happened with SARS, previous examples and this. And so if I'm going to blame, I'm not going to blame people for being dumb. I'm going to blame our experts for being either incompetent or just so catastrophically you know, just misjudging their ability to influence people. And I think some of the biggest damage was done by that. I think, I think I'm going to say this here. Again, it's by rant. I think hundreds of thousands of lives would have been saved if we wore masks when we should have. But our experts told us not to. Rant over.
0: Yeah. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is my pick. Um, <laughs> just because it's the only thing I've watched. I've been working on another thing. And so I haven't really seen a lot. But uh, 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 spoiler alert, I, I, I also didn't like it. But I guess the <laughs> new costume is cool.
1: Yeah, it's it's. I'm glad that Sam is uh is the you know Captain America. I think that's cool. I'm glad he. Spoiler alert: Sam is now Captain America. In case you didn't know that in the Marvel movies, where Captain America gave him the shield. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I liked where everything ended. I was confused. Some of the character motivations. Uh, yeah. I I was befuddled by some of the action set pieces in the finale. Uh, I was uh, uh, made hungry by the crawfish boil at the end. Uh, so the range of, the, the
2: range of emotions. But, but, but the important thing is that the core conflict, you know, the bad guys, they wanted, um, the bad guys wanted that thing that they wanted, which was... Well, and then the other,
0: because no, no, but they weren't the bad guys. It was the... The other bad guys, the 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 terrorists that were evil. No, 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 because there was. Remember when they went out of their way in the entire series to make the global council dystopic
1: Orwellian? Yeah. Can I just say something? Can I just? There is a story in there. Uh, (laughs) I wish they told it. (laughs) So I yes. So the I mean like the I'm is the Isaiah Bradley. That name means something or doesn't? I'm like instead of two people in a room telling me this guy's story. Let's spin an episode. Yes! Let's do this story. And that the, our villain, who is the least, who is probably the worst, one of the worst Marvel villains we've ever had, because just, just literally we get, ah, oh, maybe I should do this, but that's my path I've taken. If we had her story, if we had her story from the blank, all this, I would have been more into this. Instead, we get like, well, this guy's angry because of this. Like, show me that story. I want to see this, you know? it was. But, it wasn't no. like a lot of the stuff there wasn't necessarily
0: bad conceptually, but there was so much stapled onto so much else. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it, I think it just paints everything into really poor writing decisions. Like having your mega competent hero literally be taken out of the action by being handed a phone so he can continue talking on the phone instead of doing his job. And then when he gets off the phone, he literally just slaps his head and goes, duh, I shouldn't have got on the phone. Like he's Joey from friends. Uh, (laughs) Oh God. Oh, Oh, (laughs) it's just, it's, it's uh, really weird. And, uh, uh, I'm very, I will say this. I, I liked where they went with, uh, uh, I mean, I have other questions on exactly how some of this works, but I enjoyed the character that uh, uh, initially inherited Captain America's shield. And then eventually ends up uh, uh, in the role of another character. I think he was a fairly compelling actor. I thought that, that, that he uh, uh, did a serviceable job with a role that was like bafflingly all over the map uh, that ends with just being kind of like another
2: one of the heroes
0: at the end ah like... finally
2: i'm back to good military guy Ta-da! so do you know
1: you know who that is
2: yeah th- uh, that's a uh, uh, kurt russell's son
1: i i'm oh, watching it? halfway yeah. through i'm like yes i'm going this guy looks like a young kurt russell and his name's wyatt russell never did it connect in my head <laughs> never <laughs> never did i connect that until my girlfriend pointed out like yes yeah, i'm like well, obviously, <laughs> yeah. No, I thought I thought
0: he was. Uh, I thought he was good. I'm curious where they they go with him. He was always one of my one of my favorite comic cards. Where he ends up, uh, uh, without spoiling it, but yeah, yeah
1: I, I actually liked. I mean, because from the, the comic book history of the character, like I, 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 you kind of thought like a worse fate was going to happen him, and but they made him more. He was probably the most nuanced character there because you understand his motivation at every single point.
0: Yes. It, which is something that you can't say for any
2: other people in that shape. They, 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 they tried to tackle a lot. They, they took on a lot in only six episodes. They sure did. They loaded up. They went to the buffet, and they said, one of everything, please. And it's like, are you going to eat all that? They're like, we'll see. I don't know.
0: If- <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, maybe. I mean, it's just.
1: Yeah, be, be, be,
0: be, 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 be. Uh, anyway. did yeah, like I get it. Coulda- uh, I
1: I think yeah for some elements they wanted to go out like I said like to to do the story of what it means to be black and to be a superhero in America and do like a historic sort of thing from there today what's changed what That hasn't, is, that is one important. story so, yeah.
2: that is one story that I think would have merited six full hours one story <laughs> yes. just a pitch yeah. for you how about we wedge seven other stories like. Uh, also resetting, also bringing up the. Uh, the uh, mm, mm, I'm gonna stop talking. Uh, yeah, so there
0: we go. Uh, Falcon and and Winter Soldier. But there's a great speech at the get. There's an Aaron
2: Sorkin level speech at the oh. end, though, guys. That's the. Thing. Yes, I could tell it was because I woke up and he was still talking.
0: I mean, oh also God. it's <laughs> like, I, I love Homeboy. Stop, as, stop, it. Don't, no, don't, no, no, no. Just gonna give me in trouble. Of all the Aaron Sorkin, I'm going to solve all the problem, American president style speeches that you're going to make. There's one thing that even Aaron Sorkin never had the balls to do, which is make his protagonist give it in swimming goggles.
2: (laughs) Uh, But also to, to have the point be, you can't call them terrorists. Just because they use weapons and kill people to try to intimidate and scare you, well, terrorize and, one and might they, say, and they literally
1: tried to burn you alive in a van 20 minutes ago. <laughs> that doesn't make them terrorists.
0: I mean, at no point does anybody go like, uh, "Cap, thank you so much, man. Can we take this offline? Can we, can we go like just not in front of everybody uh, uh, right now?" I, I, uh, uh, there's so much that I like. I like all those actors. I, 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 And again, there are elements of this that I really did uh, uh, enjoy, uh, but boy. And even when they staple on stuff that I like, like bringing in uh, uh, a, a, I don't know if, if it's secret. good. Let
2: me just load up. Uh, oh, noodles too. I'm sure I'll get to these. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, I loved Veep. <laughs> Let me
2: just add a little
1: dollar. I, <laughs> uh, I, I love I love everybody involved, and I think every and, and in the showrunner's moment, all all extremely talented. I have a feeling this is kind of the Marvel machine at its suboptimum. Of what yeah. we need to have this and this and this.
0: I mean, I, I will and, say they are they are one for one. I I adored WandaVision. I yeah. I WandaVision stands uh, 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 atop my favorite television shows that I have watched uh, uh, so far this year uh
1: but uh b wasn't hey, <laughs> wasn't that wow three spoiled white guys like the spoiled uh, white supremacist character the most uh we thought they spent the most time developing that character we wanted we wanted the isaiah bradley story we wanted to see more time wanted... on him <laughs> I... that's what we wanted i wanted one
2: story uh yeah not <laughs> not the entire uh lick of sticks fun pack
1: yeah, uh, but way to way to reframe that, you know, as we make our whole point, like, no, we want that other story about injustice. We want that story about this. You gave us a lot about this guy, which, you know, turned out to be kind of interesting because it's the only character they developed. Well, he also had Is an arc. Is that our fault? He had an arc had in an a arc, way that, yeah.
0: that uh, uh, even if it was a baffling one that, you know, he goes from, I guess, in in show world time. Like a week and a half <laughs> from we, public international murder to like high fiving our and, heroes. And we
1: get, uh, and we get, I'd see a Bradley poor guy. We just get him go, huh? Oh, I guess he has a point. I'm like, <laughs> that's all you're going to spend with that? Like, I, there's a great, great convert. Like, there were dealing some great themes there they hinted at that should have been done. No, like, give me, like, give me,
0: give me the, like, you know, uh, there's been so much, I mean, obviously, look, we're kind of in a golden age for telling uh, uh, racial stories through the lens of science fiction. And uh, some of them are like things that I like better, like Lovecraft Country. Some of them are uh, a show that I won't name that's based off a comic book by Alan Moore. Um, but uh, I think this was something that like, it it needed more, of that element like i would have loved to see a longer version of the the tuskegee experiments plus super serum oh, stuff
1: yeah there are so many that there would be, it would be so many ways to bring like one of the great things like i was not like a big fan overall of the watchman tv series but one of the things it Never. did though was it brought to light hey there's this really dark chapter of american history that we don't talk about very much yeah. let's talk about this instead of pretending things are okay like I, I'm, and I even if I don't agree, I'm like, tell me a good story. Like, yeah, you know, like, told, tell me a
0: good story. It's also told better in Lovecraft Country,
1: anyway. Um, um,
0: yeah. Uh, so there we go. Cool. Uh, who Who would
1: go? Uh, Andrew, you go. So my pick is uh, Things I Don't Understand, but man, it's kind of cool. Uh, Sabrine, Sabine Sabine Hossenfelder, who I've mentioned before, has a new video on YouTube out, and she's a theoretical physicist, and she talks about dark matter. And she'd been studying this for a long time. And she's come to the realization that perhaps the problem of trying to understand dark matter is that it may involve explanations from two competing theories. She's, I love like, again, when somebody like this explains stuff to me, it might as well, somebody explaining to me, like, you know, uh, the history of wizards and Lord of the Rings. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. I like the story. I don't have any way to know if this is true or not a real, but that sounds good to me. And she brings up a really great point though. And it, it just it's made it still resonated with me. She says that perhaps the wrong people in physics are studying this, where it should be the the uh, condensed matter physicists should be studying this instead of the people that are studying it right now. And that's a thing where we often sort of when we see this, what we've been doing over the last year, PhD in front of somebody or behind somebody's name, and we're like, oh, well, of course they know what they're talking about, but people have different branches of, of things they look for and they're experts on. A big shift in, we went from chemists becoming physicists and then mathematicians becoming physicists for certain degrees. And then we ha- started having things like string theory and stuff, which may be unprovable in our world or provable maybe in a mathematical model, et cetera. But I love that idea of thinking like maybe the wrong person or the wrong expertise is using to solve the problem. So I recommend her video. Uh, it's titled, Dark Matter, The Situation Has Changed. She's great. i mentioned before. PBS Space Time is also another one that love those fantastic videos. They're just really, really good explainers. Awesome. Cool. Corey. Yes. Uh, my pick is F1
2: on Netflix. And have y'all seen the F1 series on Netflix? I've heard good things.
1: No. no. Yeah, yeah. It's super good uh, documentary about um, basically the season in Formula One. So, y- you know. Even if you're not a fan of Formula One, it's just done so well, and the story is crafted so well, and they do so much good uh, work on the drama side of it. It's just an amazing series. It's it's really really good. So you
0: you you don't need to be a gearhead. No, this not is, at this all. Is, this is like one of those like thirty for thirties that like even if you didn't care about sports, you you can't deny the the human drama and and the fact that they got so much footage and and, and good interviews. And yes,
1: hundred percent. And there's obviously so much drama inside of the sports, especially in Formula One. You know, between all the drivers and everything, it's yeah. it's, it's crazy good. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's amazing how much money is in that. Oh, yeah. All the money. Like, like big uh, the biggest, here, right? like the fanciest house yep. in L.A. What's that? I was just saying that they have a big event about like Yeah, Circuit of the Americas is here in Austin yeah like there's like the, one of the biggest houses in like beverly hills was like the daughter of the guy who like you know ran f1 it was just like insane you just look at how much money and it's one of these things that it, and you kind of go because most people don't pay attention to that or even nascar on average most but enough people do are so into it it's like you go to a nascar race and people having the headgear to listen into the cockpits and stuff and oh, you look yeah. at how intense that interest is it's amazing so cool gentlemen it's been weird <laughs>